This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Oni Daniel, Vice President of Data Analytics and Strategy at Highmark Health. Oni, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Great. Thanks, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare, and especially in thinking about the data and analytics and how that can be impactful for organizations uh, on the clinical and operational side. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, as you mentioned, um, I'm Onyechi Daniel, um, Vice President of Data and Analytics Strategy and Partnership at Highmark Health. And some of the areas of accountability that I have are Aside from the data and analytics strategy, I also have data governance, uh, product commercialization, data and AI ethics, and uh, our enterprise data and analytics research uh, governance. Um, I've been at Highmark for, it'll be two years in June. Previously, I was at Healthcare Service Corporation, and I've been in healthcare uh, my entire career, and I, I plan to have, you know, keep my entire career in healthcare, um, but backgrounds in public health and and health informatics and analytics. So I think it's just a perfect convergence for this time um, to kind of, to be able to help address some of healthcare's biggest challenges. Absolutely. Well, that's fascinating to hear. And, and, you know, I'm excited for our conversation. So I'll dive right in. What are you doing right now that's most exciting at Highmark Health? What are you really um, proud of and, and want to tell us about? Yeah, I mean, we, we've got some exciting work happening with our living health strategy where we're really looking to simplify the patient and member experience, you know, simplify that healthcare experience so that we can really attack that quintuple aim. So, of course, you know, improving our health outcomes, reducing costs, but also improving the clinician experience and, and a couple of other uh, measures. And a big part of that, I think, is focused on data and analytics. I think one of the most exciting things is that there's so much attention on the potential for leveraging data to generate really impactful insights and be able to drive decision-making or at least inform decision-making. Um, but I'm excited about the ethical components around the use of data and AI and how we've really embraced over the past few years, um, the considerations around the ethical use of data and embedded it in our business uh, processes from end to end. And so it's just really cool to see, especially as we, you know, with the, a lot of the uh, hype around generative AI capabilities and just seeing the, the groundswell of interest in this space has been, uh, has been really exciting. Absolutely. And, you know, that's fascinating to hear. And I love the idea of the ethical use of data across the organization. Uh, can you expand a little bit further on that? What were some of the discussions around that um, ethical use of data like? What did you really see as being something that was important for you to do and uh, guardrails that you put up to make sure that the data was used to help and not hurt patients? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we did is really just take a principles-based approach and not just ask, like, what can we do with the data, but really asking the should. Should we use this data? Especially because, you know, an algorithmic model is really only as good as the data that you feed into it. And one of the trends in the healthcare space is um, capturing, acquiring, ingesting large volumes of what we would probably consider non-traditional data. So retail data, publicly available data. So the diversity of data has certainly uh, increased over the past several years. And so, you know, we know that we can get that data within our four walls, but it's, you know, asking, should we? And if we do, 
you know, what are our principles as it relates to the use of that data and how does that inform the access controls and, you know, ultimately, you know, making sure that we're being excellent and trusted stewards of that data from acquisition all the way down to the algorithmic models that we develop. And so we really started with that principles-based approach and made sure to establish an enterprise position along with a um, kind of a forum to be able to uh, discuss and address potential ethical issues associated not just with data, but also with the algorithms that we develop and really looking at fairness, transparency, um, making sure we have mechanisms in place to address unintended adverse consequences or biases associated with algorithms that we may build and really socializing that through through the enterprise. And, and I think one of the great things about Highmark is that there's so much uh, support and um, buy-in from the highest levels of leadership that it, it was really an easy sell and there's just really a lot of intention behind it. And so we're, we're really proud of that. And of course, there's room to mature, uh, but we're, we're taking the bull by the horns and we really wanna establish um, ourselves as leaders in this space because it's so important for our members and our patients that not only are we simplifying their healthcare experience, but that we're trusted stewards and that we maintain that for the communities that we serve. That's a really great point. And I love the way you were able to explain that and, and really think through the right questions to ask, the right um, North Star to, to keep you focused when you're making decisions. So that, that's amazing to hear. Now, what are some of the issues that you're spending most of your time on today? Yeah, so aside from the data and AI ethics, we're spending a lot of time on uh, interoperability of data. And I know it's, it's probably old hat at this point, but it's so important, again, as we look at how individuals engage with healthcare. How do we engage, whether it's through your provider, through wearables, through member portals, through state-based programs, through community centers. All of that requires us to be able to seamlessly integrate a myriad of data sources from across multiple different platforms. And because Highmark is a blended health organization, we also have that kind of payer provider um, integration. And so we're looking at ways to make, to make sure that we're doing that seamlessly and in such a way that we can maximize how we use the data. So that, you know, clearly takes a lot of time and, and a lot of effort, but, but it's definitely worth it. Um, we also have some really great and exciting strategic partnerships with uh, organizations such as League, and we're leveraging, you know, that expertise as accelerators as we kind of explore cool and new capabilities and and, and really thinking about some of the high impact use cases that would be beneficial for both our members um, and our patients. I think one of the things that sets Highmark apart is that we do also invest in our strategic research partnerships. So it allows us to explore some of the capabilities that we may not necessarily be good at today, or maybe we're not mature, but we want to learn more. We want to explore and potentially if it's, you know, if we see that there's a lot of value, explore, you know, maturing in some of those capabilities. And so we kind of keep our eyes open for what those capabilities could be. And then we try to facilitate um, research engagement um, in those capabilities. So one of the things that we've been really focusing on is, you know, looking at digital twins and how we define that here at Highmark and how we can leverage digital twin capabilities for optimization, both on the operational side, right, in our um, in some of our um, 
clinical settings, but also from a clinical perspective. And so we're being very intentional about how we explore potential partnerships that could be accelerated for us, but also what are all the opportunities that we can leverage this capability to improve the experience for our members and also for our clinicians. And so those are some of the things that I think we're, you know, we're really excited about and, you know, taking up a good portion of time. Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, just really um, fascinating all the way that healthcare and technology is changing and what that could really mean going forward. And I know earlier you mentioned looking into some of the generative AI possibilities and potential. And, you know, when you look at how quickly things are moving, um, what is, I, I guess, your litmus test to say, hey, let's move forward, let's try some new things without um, taking, you know, too big of a risk or too big of swings? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just interesting. The pace is just so fast. But you know what? I think that when you take kind of that principles-based approach and when you're thinking about ethics and, you know, that patient and that member and that individual at the outset, it helps us to be more thoughtful about how we dive into these generative AI capabilities. So, I mean, we're excited, like, you know, I would assume most of, of healthcare organizations about the possibilities and, you know, what potential use cases are put, you know, can we apply these kind of large language models and generative AI capabilities to explore ultimately for that, you know, to help us with that simple aim. But what we're doing is we are establishing kind of enterprise level guidance on how we should engage, right? So we don't want it to be a free for all we've decided to take a very thoughtful and disciplined approach to make sure that not only is the enterprise informed on, you know, what generative AI is and some examples along with some example use cases, but how do we make sure that the appropriate guidance um, is established for the organization? And that includes things like access controls and, you know, access and utilization controls, right? Like how do we make sure that the right roles have access and that it's not a free for all? How do we make sure that we have the appropriate governance structure in place to be able to potentially adjudicate on issues related to generative AI? And for that, we've established um, a, an analytics governance committee that kind of sits in parallel to our data governance committee to be able to talk through those and escalate that up to our enterprise core council. Um, what are some example use cases? How do we make sure that the enterprise or the business is familiar with things that are permissible versus things that are really risky? You know, what data should never go into any generative AI uh, or large language model, be it a platform or search engine or any of that, you know, some of it is going to be reinforcing things that people already know, but we're taking the stance that, you know, we don't want to assume that people know all of the kind of the ins and outs, and, outs, and so we want to simplify that, but also make it very clear, and I think Taking that disciplined approach and that thoughtful approach will allow us to accelerate without kind of taking unnecessary risks that could ultimately put the enterprise or our members and patients data at risk. Absolutely. That's such a great point and definitely is something that I'm sure continues to evolve as time goes on. Um, yeah. And speaking of looking into the future, we've talked a lot about how healthcare is changing both on the technology side, but just in general, um, what healthcare is moving in the direction it's moving in and what patients are demanding next. So from your perspective, what will the most effective healthcare leaders need in order to be successful and drive success within their organizations over the next two to three years? Uh, what, what's going to be different potentially as time goes on? 
Yeah, I mean, I think kind of coming out of the, the pandemic era, I would say that one of the consistent things that healthcare leaders need to be successful is to continue or maintain the ability to adapt, to change and pivot, right? But when we're pivoting, pivot thoughtfully. So it's gonna be really hard to maintain status, grow, expand, or, you know, um, or do well in general without being able to anticipate the changes that we see on the horizon and position the organization to be able to either capitalize on those changes or adjust the strategy to fit, you know, where we're headed. So I think a lot of times, you know, we, we can focus on where we are today and sometimes we have some, you know, workarounds that are working for us today, but really asking, is this the strategic path? Is this the optimal path for where we're headed and not just kind of that short-sighted view? So that's, that's kind of one thing, it's just being able to anticipate the changes. I would say two is like really acknowledging and, and you know, that there is, at least from a data perspective and with all of the technology at play, there's a, a human being at the end of each data point, right? And so it's not just about moving as fast as we can and kind of engaging with the latest capabilities to you know, drive healthcare improvements. It's about making sure that we are empathetic um, and that we you know, treat each individual with the integrity and dignity that's, that's deserved. And so I think healthcare leaders definitely need to um, be able to keep that front and center. Um, and then the last one is just that, you know, we're, you know, it's been a volatile past few years and the next few years are really exciting, but I think it's gonna be a measure of resilience needed to make sure that, you know, we're not burning out from a, a caregiver perspective. You know, our clinicians have been through a lot and we wanna make sure that we're not just, um, you know, kind of don't have tunnel vision on on one or two things, but that we're keeping the, the, the view on the, the whole individual and making sure that we are being thoughtful about how we try to solve these very challenging problems um, and just keeping that experience for our caregivers and you know our clinicians and providers um, you know keeping that in mind so that we don't leave anyone behind so I think those are going to be you know a, a, just a few things that you know our healthcare leaders should do or keep in mind in order to be uh, successful. I love that. Onye, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun and interesting conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.